Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This next interview is going to be really painful for me to do. I'll tell you why. Second Hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, Elliot Friedman, the pride of Western Ontario, as well as Al May. We're working on one one other guest for you. You can figure it out. The Edmonton Oilers have just signed uh, Josh Archibald to a two-year contract extension, AAV $1.5 million. We head off to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline to a guy whose school was victorious today in uh, the U Sports Men's Basketball Final 8. They were down 52-40 to to Alberta at the half. And they came back and knocked off the Bears. It wasn't even close. 86 to 72 for the Purple Ponies from Western Ontario. So they avenge the 2002 National Championship final that saw Don Horrid win his third and final National uh, Championship as Golden Bears head coach. Hello, Elliot. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing? Well, the Bears lost. I'm in basketball. It's bad enough we lost in hockey, which should never happen. I'm still not over that one. But you know uh, that the, I got to tell you, Bob, the web the websites are terrible. It says that Alberta won. It says Alberta won the game? 86-72. What? Well, the SID of the school has just told me that Alberta lost 86-72. Oh, because I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm looking at the U Sports. I'm, and today is Friday, March 6th, right? Oh, wait. You know what happened? They had the scores reversed on the site. So, ah. so Western went on a 23-0 run in the second quarter. So, actually, Western was up 52-40 at the half. Bears were up... 18 at one point in the game. Western went on a 23-0 run in the second quarter. Uh, I'm going to trust the SID of the school over the U-Sports yeah, side. I, I understand that. It's, yeah, I just I just checked Western's Twitter feed. And they're saying that they won as well? Yeah, Western won 86-72. So we can confirm and don't have to deny that Western, <laughs> has, that Western has beaten the U of A. Uh, well, Bears still haven't won a national. I mean, Carlton's so good, in, you know, over the last several years. But Alberta lost to Carlton in one of the finals. And uh, has Western won one year in basketball lately? It's tough because they're playing in the in the conference, obviously, with uh, uh, Carlton, who's just an absolute powerhouse in men's basketball. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. How you doing, Elliot? Um, you tired? Yeah, I'm pretty tired. Like, um uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, it's been a crazy week. You know, I worked late last night, too, but you worked uh, a lot and you traveled a bit. So you know this business. We know what we sign up for. Yeah. It's awesome if you're in our roles. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I must tell you, when I see a team basically play a seven-game road trip 
mm-hmm. then they get an off day uh, before basically the final game of that trip? Because that's what it really mm-hmm. was. It was three on the road. The orders went L.A., Anaheim, Vegas, came back for a day off, practiced, then game against Winnipeg, flew out the next day, then three games again in four days. It was really a seven-game road trip. They ended up going 4-2-1 and one during that stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somewhat predictable against Chicago. And Chicago's got skill. And they got the Oilers early yesterday and too little too late. It happens. But do you think, and, and, and you talk to lots of guys around the league, do you think people maybe underappreciate the importance of scheduling for athletes, for players? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I think that teams really are trying. Like, we're learning more about sports science, Bob, and optimum human performance, and, and we're learning more than ever. I think we have a better idea than ever of what it like sleep, um, recovery, um, how things go from there, um, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, what's the best way to be successful? And I think in sports, when you're trying to cram in so many games, it's hard and there's travel involved. But, you know, one of the things I really think is, you know, doing the schedule is a hard job. You've got multi purpose buildings. Some of them where hockey is not the first priority. You've got, you know, teams want don't want to play games on certain nights. A lot of the U.S. teams want fewer games early in the year going against football and the baseball playoffs. So, you know, plus also, you know now, players have the mandatory four days off every month, and there's the five-day break around the All-Star. Like, I don't think that's an easy thing to do and manipulate. So... I just think that at some point in time, um, like I kind of wonder if maybe we've got to get to the time. I know Winnipeg and Washington did it a few years ago when they were in the same division. Maybe the easier thing is, you know, a team like Edmonton, you go out and you do your California games all at once. Like sometimes you go out there twice in a year. Maybe you go once. Or maybe when you play play Anaheim. Yeah. Didn't we kind of yeah? Didn't we kind of do that coming out of the old four hundred five lineup? Yes, right. And but that you didn't have any Eastern Conference games then for a time, right? Because right. you didn't play one of the divisions, right? Um, you know, I think that you know, I, I think that there's stuff like that. Like, I think we're going to get to places where you know maybe what will happen is maybe would you ever see a situation where. You guys play L.A. and Anaheim in L.A. or in Anaheim four games in six nights. Maybe if maybe if L.A. comes to Edmonton, they play back-to-back nights. We did that, yeah. Well, I, I just remember Minnesota coming in, and the building was full coming out of the lockout, but that's because Canadians missed hockey that much. But there was a lot of whining and complaining about seeing the Minnesota Wild on back-to-back nights when they're. Oh, well, I get that, but Bob, like, what do you want? Do you yeah. want better travel or do you want I, that? I, I, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to me because the players I sense definitely like the bye week. We can agree on that, right? They like the bye. Um, yeah, yes, they do, but that means we jam the schedule other days. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Like, so, like the thing is, like, like. I think the players and the league are going to have to decide. You know, everybody bitches about the schedule. Well, okay, are we maximizing the schedule? I would say the answer is definitely no. Yeah. 
Elliot Friedman joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. So you, uh, now I, I I did not see this directly again. I was flying back from Chicago last night, and somebody, a little birdie, told me that you were on the Maple Leaf show. Uh, they they lost one nothing in a shootout to Todd McClellan's. Todd's got the Kings playing hard. They got a lot of young guys. They got a, I don't know what their record is over the last ten, but I'm pretty sure there might be six two and two or something like that. Uh, Leafs have dropped a couple on the road on that trip. But did you actually say? that the Canadian team that you thought that would go the furthest in the playoffs was the Edmonton Oilers? I said the team with the best. If I had to pick today, the team that I would pick with the best chance to go furthest was Edmonton. Yes, I did say that. Why? why and Todd, War- Todd Warner picked Calgary. I never liked um, Todd. Just for the record, I never liked <laughs> Todd Warner. One of the worst fourth overall picks. I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's, know, a, he's a great guy. Uh, he's a great guy. But, well, uh, look at it. You look at, I mean, look at the setup. Look, so we know that you know, Montreal and Ottawa are not getting in. Um, you know, Toronto, like their road probably goes through Boston and Tampa. Yeah, that's like, a killer. That, that's not easy. Um, and so I looked out west and, you know, Winnipeg, you know, I think they've battled really hard. I wouldn't pick them in a series against one of the top teams. That's for sure. You know, Vancouver, we got to wait and see when Markstrom gets back. And that leaves Edmonton and Calgary. And uh, I really like the way you guys play. I mean, you've got two nuclear weapons. Um, I think you guys play hard. I think some of your young players and deaf players have really made contributions this year. Uh, I mean, the big key is, you know, both Smith and Koskinen have given you good games. Obviously, last night wasn't a great night for Smith, but that happens. Um, you know, as long as your goalies are competitive, I, I like the way your team plays. Yeah, well, they were all in it last night, as you know, early. I mean, it wasn't just Smith, so uh, that was a byproduct. Uh, it, it's funny with Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton. There's a chance only two of those teams make the playoffs, Elliot. And the Oilers yeah, are yeah. the Oilers have got a little, a wee bit of separation, and they got a very mm-hmm. favorable. They've got a home playoff march here, where they got you know ten of their next 13 games in the month of March are at home. Like, it's all... Well, you, you can't take it for granted. Like, two months ago, we all thought, you know, Edmonton was... Arizona was in first place, and we thought they were going to make the playoffs free and clear, right? Right. Could Vancouver, so, could Vancouver be in trouble here? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Markstrom... Like, if you look at their underlying numbers, they made a real good case for Markstrom this year being not just a Vesna-level player, but a Hart-level player. And now they're missing him. And, you know, I thought they really battled the other night. I thought Demko really battled when clearly he wasn't 100%. But, you know, that was a game they had to win and they lost. Um, all of a sudden, it's it's really tight there. I mean, you can look at it. You've got one team with 75. You've got a bunch of teams with 74. You know, Arizona and Winnipeg and Calgary have played the most games. You know, Nashville and Minnesota have a two-game advantage there. But, you know, while Minnesota's been good, Nashville's kind of been lurching along. I do, you know, I mean, nobody there can afford a losing streak. Nobody. Right. Um, And, you know, a losing streak probably kills you now. And Vancouver, they got a huge game tonight with Colorado. They don't have an easy schedule. I mean, it's a big challenge for them. How many points do you think you need to get in in the West? Uh, I'm not good at math. Okay. Um, Well, you admit admit to that. Like, if you go 500 here, you're probably going to miss. Edmonton? 
No, 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 not you guys. You guys have a bit more of a margin. Yeah, so... I'm talking about those teams that are in the 75-74 area. Yeah, Edmonton's at 80, so if they win seven of their final 14, that would get them to 94. I think they'd be in at that stage. Uh, And and I would never belittle anybody with math because I I don't know about you, but when I took stats 241 at university, back then we were on a nine scale. I got a seven. Uh, I was very lucky to get a seven. That's all I'm going to say. I realized, man, there's some guys... And gals way smarter than me. I learned that very quickly. Uh, I, I forget which. Uh, anyways, there was a politician who once said mass hard and didn't go over very well politically here in the province of Alberta. All right, let's uh, let's get to it, Elliot. This is the time of year that. Uh, and by the way, uh, just just regarding the Ottawa Senators, I know I don't want to talk about Jim Little uh, because uh, he's a former chief marketing officer of uh, Shaw. And mm-hmm. that was an interesting career to director to go to, to go work for the Ottawa Senators because there's been a lot of moving parts in Ottawa over the years. I actually want to talk about a trade that got made involving. Well, actually, you know, I just you know the thing is, I was on Toronto radio this morning. Yeah. And I mentioned that I talked a little bit about the call that Jim Little referenced in the yep. statement, and it was it was a, a pretty messy conversation. Um. It was a pretty messy conversation, and the issue I heard, Bob, was that people heard it. Like, you could hear it in the office about uh-huh. how crazy it was. Uh-huh. But I think there's I think there's more to it. I think there was yes. another meeting after that where things, again, went off the rails, and uh, I think things, you know, processed from there. And I just think there's this story is going to continue to develop. It's, okay. it's it's not over, and there's always a lot of gray area in both sides. Tell me this: when the Ottawa Senators got Derek Broussard for Mika Zibanejad, and I believe the Rangers got a second round draft choice in that deal. How? Yep. Do you recall how that uh, trade played in the Ottawa market? Well, don't forget that at that time. Um, don't forget that at that time, Ottawa was in a different place where it was now. Right. And by even Zabinijad's own admission, he wasn't. He didn't take things as seriously. Yeah. Then as he did now, as he does now, like the Rangers sent out a clip on their Twitter earlier this year with Zabinijad really talking about how this past summer he really changed a lot and started to take hockey more seriously. I think the Sanders would tell you they always thought he had this in him. And, you know, you remember him scoring the winning goal in the World Juniors and what a talented player he was. But Zabinijad, by his own admission, he had other interests. He wasn't, you know, tunnel-visioned on hockey. Um, And I don't necessarily think you need to be tunnel-visioned, but you've got to be willing to prepare and go to a certain level. And I think he admitted that, you know, he wasn't ready at the time. Of course, the trade doesn't look really good right now, but Broussard was a pretty good player for them on a team that went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final. To me, that's the kind of trade that gets done at that time because of where you think you are and what you need to do. It should be mentioned, Zabanaja did have 30 goals and 74 points last year, but it's interesting where Artemi Panarin goes. Some Mm -hmm. other guys' numbers go up as well. Well, I think we're we're just realizing, I think sometimes he got lost as to what a good player he was. Funny about how being in New York reminds people. But, you know, Zabinijad this year, he's taken his game to a new level. But I I just remember he he was the one who said that. He... uh, he said that in an interview when the Rangers put it out in their Twitter feed, like he really changed um, his dedication level to it this season. 
Uh, so Panarin likely to get in. The, uh, he's obviously in the Hart Trophy mix. Uh, Drysaddle, you know, four-goal game in Nashville, five-point performance. He's got uh, off the top of my head, not that I'm counting, 49 points in his last 27 games. Uh, is he the front runner right now? Uh, uh, Drysaddle? Yes. I think he is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I you know, I think the the interesting thing is going to be, you know, we haven't had a teammates as the finalist since 2001. That was Lemieux Yager. Right. Like, like, like that's going to be an interesting conversation. You know, if if you say that Dreisaitl is the most valuable player to his team, well, how can you have somebody else also be that valuable? I, I don't agree with that argument. Right. I think, like, I, I think you can have, like, if you, like, you guys are winning Stanley Cups with, you know, for example, Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. Right. I realize you can have uh, those two guys as as the best uh, and say you know what the second most valuable guy in Messier is still more valuable to his team than anyone else is like if you want to make that argument I- I'm willing to listen to it I don't have a problem with that other people do I don't so I, I can see it but you know McKinnon's going to be there um, I think if the Rangers get in I will tell you Bob if the Rangers get in I think Panarin could win okay I am, and but McKinnon will be there, and I, you know a guy who I think has not gotten a lot of attention, but probably deserves to be in the conversation, is uh, Pasternak from Boston. Yeah, well, uh, Hacks with Eggs was making that point yesterday. So I briefly mentioned. Oh my that. God! If he's making that point, I don't. I, Forget that. All no, right. Uh, I mentioned uh, Slapishev. The orders have his rights. Uh, his contract's up in uh, Saska, CSKA. Uh, they've got a kid named Okulov there. He's not a kid. Yeah. He's 25. There's a bunch of teams in on him, uh, we believe. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I've heard some reports that he's going, that, that you guys are in it. I've heard other reports that you guys are not, and the finalists are two teams elsewhere. Yep. You know, I've been, I've been burned reporting things out of Russia. I've gotten them right. I've gotten them wrong. <laughs> it's a bit of the Wild West there, yeah. so you got to be careful. So I've heard you guys are in it, but I've also heard you guys are out of it. I don't know what to believe. And I know that Malte Stromal was linked. Uh, he's playing for Sochi. He had 30 last year in Finland. Uh, 21 this year Sochi. He was linked to Detroit. I, I'm led to believe he's staying over there in the KHL as well. But this is the time also for NCAA free agents. Yeah. Uh, have you got a book? On, like, Give me a, a name or two out there that you think are high-profile guys coming out of school. You know, I don't know if there's anybody this year. Like, guys told me this year there's nobody who's a guarantee. Okay. There's some good lottery tickets, but there's there's nobody who's a guarantee. <clears throat> and the, the names I would give you are uh, Scott Perunovic, a former Blues pick. He can become a free agent on June 1st. Okay. Now, the Blues seem pretty confident that they're going to get that done, but there's interest. Um, another guy is Connor Mackey. He's at Minnesota State. Um I think Calgary is a team that's been all over that. He's a defenseman, and uh, I, I think they've got a shot at getting him, although there's other interest. And the other guy, I can't remember his first name right now. He plays at Dartmouth. His last name is O'Connor. Um, I've had some guys who really like him. I've had some guys who are a bit concerned about his pace. Everybody tells me he's going to have to play at the AHL first. Uh, um, there was there was a thought that he'd go back for another year at school. Now people are not sure, but he's kind of a name that 
people are, are, are mentioning uh, right now. Brandon Byro playing for Guy Gadowski at Penn State. And, hey, I got to do this because Sid Smith's son, Alex Smith, is a hard-nosed, nasty player uh, that's playing at Michigan Tech. Uh, he's wrapping up his ball, sort of a fourth-line Good bloodlines. Good bloodlines. Overcame his father's genetics. Elliot, uh, great stuff. Uh, we'll hook up next Friday, okay? All right, Bob. Have a great week. You bet. For the River Creek Resort and Casino, that's Elliot Friedman. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South Downtown, Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. You know cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Make sure you go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. They're a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're blowing out their 2019 F-150s. We're talking up to 20K off of select models. Give Brent Ridge and Wetaskiwin a call, one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. To the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. What accidents happen? Go to JamesHBrown.com. Oscar Kleffbaum, he's going to play on this homestand. No way he's not playing. Now, he's been out the last three weeks with a shoulder issue. Obviously, Mike Green, three more weeks, two to three weeks with an MCL sprain. And uh, Joe Kim Nygaard had a pin rep- uh, taken out of his hand when the Oilers were in Cali, still probably uh, two weeks away. Brendan, quickly, anything else? Yeah, Jets getting Matthew Perot back in the lineup tonight against Vegas. He'd been sidelined since the end of January after taking an elbow to the head. Bruins defenseman Brandon Carlo leaving last night's game with an upper body issue, and Sergei Bobrovsky has been out for the Panthers, did not play in that game against Boston. He is day-to-day with a lower body. Uh, Columbus is the Oilers' next opponent. Seth Jones is out, ankle injury. He's only a Norris Trophy caliber defenseman. Uh, they also uh, do not have Oliver Bjorkstrom He's gone several weeks with an injury. They got some good players not playing. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Josh Archibald at 135. L May at 145. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.